Welcome to the Daily Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Last, sitting in for Charlie Sykes. I'm joined today by Ethan Epstein and Alice Lloyd, my colleagues at the Weekly Standard. Uh, Alice, as part of your hazing, since you're one of the youngins here, I sent you to CPAC on a Saturday to see Mona Charon. How was it? Indeed did anything exciting did. happen? Well, it was very exciting, and I, I was lucky to be in the know. Uh, we got a hot tip that she was going to say something. Um, Go rogue. Go rogue, go rogue, and and say something principled. Uh, the the um, if not the only person, the only woman certainly at at CPAC to call out um, the Republican Party for its richly layered hypocrisy in the Trump era. Um, I think we're supposed to give Ben Shapiro some credit for um, complaining about the. I don't, I don't remember what Ben said. I think said. it was the Charlottesville response that he specifically called out. And was he booed? I don't remember. Probably. I know I know that... Um, God, Ben's the, awesome. I it, love that guy. Right, I know. So so you can count on him to be principled, right? In, in, in a way that, in a way that goes viral. <laughs> ben gets uncomfortable if he's not being booed. Like yeah. if, if he's not yeah. being booed, yeah. Ben's like, I'm doing something wrong. Let's dial it up to 11. <laughs> um, Bite the head off a dove or something. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, but, but so uh, I'm probably not expecting to be booed. I don't know. Um, um, uh, I th- Fred ba- our Fred Barnes um, had, had said that a lot of Mexican immigrants are, in fact, good Americans. Or something along no! those lines. I know, I know. Yeah, it wow! triggered, triggered the yeah, um, and 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 uh, an, an invocation of the of the beauty of natural naturalization ceremonies had been booed, which is which is pretty heartbreaking. Um, but it was unclear if they were booing the beauty of naturalization ceremonies or the idea that Republicans ought to attend natural cere- naturalization. So, uh, either way. Still horrifying, but the point is that there have been people who have been like, no, they weren't booing the actual claim that naturalization ceremonies were beautiful. They're only, anyway, the point is, it was horrifying. You split those hairs if you want to. If you want to have that argument, you should do it. And I mean, all of this is to say (sighs) that when when Mona Sharon, on the very last day, the afternoon, the the, the panel had been pushed um, an hour, I was told, by a blockchain expert who for some reason was in the press pen with me so hot right so um, hot <laughs> that blockchain is incredibly hot <laughs> um uh that everything because of some like last minute cancelization um the day before everything was pushed uh so 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 yes i got there on my mission ready to do my job and it seemed like she wasn't going on but um but eventually she did, and anyway, uh, she 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 wrote the next day. But she did she did uh, tell us ahead of time. She expected, she planned to um, to to trigger the outrage of the rank racists, uh, the diehards who were still there on Saturday, um, and and indeed she did just by saying by saying that it's disgraceful to have had Marion Le Pen as a guest at CPAC, who stands for her grandfather's Nazism. Um, and, 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 and God, that, 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 that was not just a booed, but, but when she, I remember this, when she asked, uh, why was she here? Uh, she, she got a, uh, what is it called when you're, when you're shouted down? Uh, heckled? She, yes, heckled, okay. Why are you here? This like angry male voice. Why are you here? 
and uh, uh, just repulsive. But what I what I really liked were, was that at, at her two, um, so it was at at, at, at the Marion Le Pen uh, remarks, and then also. When she um, she beat up Roy Moore too, right? Exactly, yeah. When she said that, when she and and she she brought Trump into it. Uh, she said um, those in the White House who brag about their extramarital affairs, um, and 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 you know anyone with an R after his name, um, we support despite credible accusations, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and she and she named Roy Moore, and. Um, and said, uh, if you if you stick if you stand up for him, you don't stand for women. At that, um, uh, 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 like a row of young men stood up and applauded. And I was I, I was I was kind of pleased Total to see cups. that. And I went, I went looking for them afterward, and I couldn't find them, probably because they were worried they were going to get beat up or something. Um, but what was really nice, and in the in the little in the little write up, I, I mentioned these um, these these boys. And one of them DM'd me afterward. You know, he 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 said, "I saw. Like, yeah. I, I read that you saw us clapping, and and it was sort of strange because he he doesn't. He said he didn't agree with everything that she'd said, but he was really glad that somebody said it. Um, and 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 he and his friend applauded her, and so did you know a couple of Tufts College Republicans or something. So I mean, it's I mean, it's just it's 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 sad how how lonely the few, you know. Anti-racists, <laughs> anti anti pedophilia. Um, I wish, I wish uh, young you... Republicans are how 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 rare and how lonely. Um, so CPAC has always been a place is. that's super duper weird. Ethan, you've been to a couple of them, haven't you? I have, yeah. Right, and so the controversies they used to have would be like the flat taxers versus the people who thought, like the Randites, who thought that all taxation is theft and must be stopped. I mean, they used to be. I mean, the, the, they used to be incredibly nerdy policy fights, oh, wow. not like blood and soil <laughs> neo-fascists versus a, I don't know, like whatever, whatever you would call the non-neo-fascist. It is weird, yeah, and it, it it morphed from like intra-conservative fights into cultural fights, you know, culture war fights, and now we are at the end of history. At the, I guess, you know. Is the liberal order itself at all worth defending fights? Right. I mean, I, I have a couple of observations about. I know I I stayed as far away from the CPAC as right. You were as scared I possibly straight. Could. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but uh, one thing just on the point about Mona Sharon, which I thought was sort of an interesting lesson in the way the media works, which is the way the mean the mainstream media works, which is this is a perfect example of how the phenomenon of strange new respect works. So I, I was at the gym this morning. I saw out of the corner of my eye that Mona Charam was on Morning Joe. I, I noticed she had a New York Times op-ed uh, over the weekend. It just shows that, uh, well, for one, the New York Times is more than willing to to publish conservatives so long as they're the 4% of conservatives who oppose Donald Trump, I mean, which is just true of their columnists as well. And, and also that if Mona Charam, who is, you know, a conservative Republican, were to write her standard uh, Republican type columns, the New York Times obviously would not be interested in publishing them. That's just a side rant and, uh, you know, not an attack on Mona at all, merely an observation. Uh, the other thing I noticed, um, and I'm not the first to notice this, of course, is the way Donald Trump has 
it just utterly dominates the conservative, what is called the conservative movement and the Republican Party at this point. I mean, let's not forget two years ago, uh, then candidate Trump actually st- he he uh, backed out of going to CPAC right. for fear of being booed, for fear of being walked out on. Now he's utterly dominant. And it's not just, you know, the CPAC types. It, it's also things like the Wall Street Journal editorial board. So, for example, uh, the president last week kind of riffed on this idea of arming school teachers, which is frankly a fairly outlandish idea which you have to do otherwise you work for mother jones <laughs> right, yeah and it will in fact what was will be left defenseless unless right. the, all our defenseless teachers are armed yeah. yeah exactly kind of an outlandish idea i i called it though because i said on thursday uh i guarantee you by the weekend this will be the line of for example the wall street journal editorial board lo and behold i was actually okay you know what i need to correct myself because i was a little off it wasn't it wasn't that kim strassel the <laughs> prominent wall street journal editorial board uh came out for arming teachers over the weekend instead she came out for arming them with grenades so i do stand corrected but it just shows the way trump um it doesn't just shape the debate he dominates the debate on the conservative side at this point look if teachers don't have access to frag grenades then Hillary might as well be president. It's a binary choice. <laughs> right. Either teachers can have grenades or Hillary Clinton can be president. Which do you want, Ethan? Right. 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 Answer the question, Ethan. It's a uh, no. It's an amazing in almost everything. I, I made fun of this last week. There was a comment on the Weekly Standard's Facebook page by some guy who was ranting about the proposed bump stock ban, and he said, and I paraphrase, but only lightly, you know, look. I, I think this bump stock ban is terrible, and if it was a lib president proposing it, I would fight on this till I was dead. But because it's Trump, I trust him, and so I think we should just go along with it. <laughs> it was, this is how it all is. Uh, talking about power, this is terrible. See, we need Vic Mattis here to do transitions because I'm bad at this. Uh, I was going to say something about the power at the Olympics, which is now over. Uh Go for the gold. Join the Dollar Shave Club today, and for just $5, you'll get free shipping, and you'll get the Dollar Shave Club starter set. It has the six-blade executive razor, plus trial sizes of shave butter, body cleanser, and one wipe, Charlie's. Then keep the blades coming for a few bucks more a month. Get yours at dollarshaveclub.com slash weekly standard. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash weekly standard. Okay. Pivoting away from my terrible ad read. Ethan, you had a fantastic piece in the magazine this week and one that I was excited about like from the minute you proposed it in our editorial meeting last week about the move that we've seen away from serial killers in America to spree killers. Can I put a quarter in the machine and have you just go? Sure. So there has been... um a significant decline in serial killers, something on the order of about 85% since the 1970s. And there's also been, at the same time, a rise in the kind of mass murders we've seen, you know, incredibly frequently recently, like in Las Vegas and, of course, now Parkland, Florida. So it got me to thinking, uh, is the personality type that might in the past have been a serial killer now becoming a spree killer just because of, you know, the way social mores have changed? Uh, so I spent a, a really uplifting week speaking to people that study mass murder all the time. I learned some really heartwarming um, terms like family annihilation. Do you know the most uh, common form of mass killing is family annihilation? I would imagine, right? And that's the stories you see. And it of, usually like, happens some guy in August. Shoots up everybody. In his usually house happens in August because that's when the kids are home from summer vacation. I mean, I learned these really wonderful factoids about uh, life in America. To, I have to be very, very careful. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so careful. <Yeah>. Uh, <laughs> um, um, so, 
anyway, what I turn what what turned out to be uh, the case is that my hypothesis uh, is probably not true. That's because serial killers. There's a really specific uh, type of person that becomes a serial killer. For one. And this is kind of disgusting. They get off on it. I mean, a lot of them achieve orgasm during the serial killing. And in fact, there's very there's no evidence of that ever happening during a mass killing. There, there are 100% psychopaths, which mean they're literally incapable of feeling empathy. Uh, they, they try um, to conceal their crimes or at least to get away with it. All of these things aren't true of mass killers. And here's the thing about mass killers that's actually trouble, perhaps most troubling. Very few of them are actually psychopaths. A lot of them actually are on sort of the normal uh, emotional spectrum of humans. You know, they feel anger, they feel jealousy, they feel heartbreak. Now, they take it to an extreme level of violence that, that most people don't, thankfully, but they don't tend to be psychopaths. Um, and in fact, it seems to turn out that this these, these constant instances of mass killings are certainly related to the fact that they're just sort of now in in the the social air now and that a person that gets really upset about uh his job is now more likely to commit murder at his workplace because other people have it just it's just sort of in the bloodstream of society now and they mushroom right i mean this is the one of the things we learn is that the, the spree killers look at each other they do and you know they, they have notes and they think they're going to be famous they always leave something behind yeah i mean i thought the most striking uh example of that i didn't Put this in my piece, but uh, Adam Lanza, the guy that killed all those kindergartners in Connecticut, he actually had a spreadsheet of prior killers, which which marked you know the prior kill counts of uh, of of the people that he viewed as his models. I mean, it's in many cases there's a very very strict uh, line that you can draw from one to the next. And we think that the number of serials has actually dropped by a lot, right? I mean, not not by a lot. You can't know obviously because there could be. Like uh, the guy from the Showtime series, uh, yeah, Dexter, you know, Dexter yeah, yeah, out yeah, working yeah. there. We don't yeah, even yeah, know yeah. he's in the in the in the bloodstream. But, yeah, but well, like drop. We just don't see this anymore. It, right? it, it's certainly dropped. But um, you know, to your point, one of the guys that I interviewed, a retired FBI profiler, he, you know, so there are studies that show it's dropped. He actually d discounts those studies entirely really? because oh. he says, for one, we just don't know how many serial killers there are at a given. There, there are never very many. So if you're not detecting just a few of them, that can look like an 80% decline. Right. Um, so oh, the sample size is so small. Precisely. Like you miss two people, and all of a sudden it looks like a 40% drop. Exactly, exactly. So that is actually in dispute. Um, uh, though everyone else I spoke with did did generally agree with that, I should. There, there's a pretty big asterisk there. So here's... I'm sorry, so you have questions, but I'll, I won't ask one more. Um yes. Are there many examples of spree killers trying to get away? I mean, this is one of the things that you mentioned about this piece, just when you were in the conception stage, which I had never really thought of, was that oftentimes these spree killers look like they're actually trying to commit suicide by cop. And, you know, Absolutely. They, they, they barely care about, unlike serial killers who go to great pains to hide their trails and get away because they want to do it again. Do we ever see... Spree killers running. I mean, you don't even like hear about them fleeing the scene often. They I mean, just, you know, they're just there until the cops show up to, you know, yeah, to actually, go down in a blaze of glory. And in in that sense, this Nicholas Cruz is actually, a, I mean, he, he made kind of a half-hearted attempt to get away. Like he walked out of the school. I mean, it's very, un no right. one really expects to get away with it. Most either kill themselves or uh, are killed or um, 
you know, spur the cop to kill to kill them, or they or they're arrested without incident. And so, you know, what's another interesting fact is a lot of mass killers actually just stop the killing when there's no reason for them to stop. Like the Columbine guys, they're just spent basically. They get bored. They get bored. The Columbine guys walked around the school for thirty minutes after they killed all those people in the library. Paddock in Vegas, he could have kept shooting. You know, no one breached his hotel room, which. <laughs> He's no, kind no, of a big God, deal yeah. there, yeah. Um, but he just he just got bored. It God, seems like tough. so. It seems like there's also kind of an element of diminishing returns with mass killers where there isn't with serial killers. It seems like it seems right. Like serial the killers, killers keep escalating. Right? That's exactly the rule right. Of serial killers, that's they start exactly small right. and get yep. bigger and bigger and bigger. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Alice. Well, I was and an Ethan invited me to volunteer this theory that I kept bringing to him. It's completely unscientific, um, <laughs> which is why he dismisses it. But um, I, I know I, I knew that he'd been thinking about this this problem for a while. The fact that there 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 appear to be so many fewer serial killings than there than there once were, and I think it's because psychopaths with the ingrained serial killer instinct have like the rest of us been made lazy by technology so they uh, can have their they, they can be satisfied um, by whatever's out there um, online be it you know like richly violent video games or really creepy pornography you can furnish your inner world no matter how terrifying it is um, now in uh, virtually the same way without actually having to um, butcher people and butcher people yeah I guess I mean I could see how they could cut both ways though okay I, mean, I, I could see where it also there could be the marginal cases who might have just enough sanity to hold on and make it through a life before they die of you know lung cancer without actually butchering people and eating them but because they can get the exposure to these things that they have always darkly been fascinated with and designed to make a go of it. I mean, I, mm. you know, I mean, either way, I would think that Ethan's right, that the media effect would probably overpower all other effects in this because just the, again, the cultural, yeah, it's not know, the virality simple, of it. It's not yeah. even really. simple yeah. as media. It's just... Yeah, it's, the cultural, right. Media is wrong. The, yes. the air we're all breathing right now is 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 filled with these things. And it, it just... it it pushes otherwise fairly normal people in that direction, which is which is horrifying. So here's a... And we we're still seeing in, these thwarted copycats, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Almost, almost free, daily. Free copycats. Almost yeah. Daily. Yeah. Right, yeah. And, and it goes without saying that not all those people are psychopaths. I mean, there just simply aren't that many psychopaths in the world. Right. I mean, so it just it's just obvious that a lot of these people aren't. So I should have asked you this in pre-show instead of just asking you on the air. Internationally, is it the same thing? Like this is the, the one of the ways you would measure as to whether this is cultural or not. It's like you know, in Russia, in China, in Japan, in Germany, do you see similar types of serials and sprees? Well, a couple things. First off, there were never as many serial killers in other countries. It's tended to be an American phenomenon. Hmm. There, there have been some, but it's it's really been centered on America. Secondly, you of course you have fewer mass shootings in other countries, and I sure. I think we know why that is. Although we're probably not allowed to say that. I mean, there are just so many more guns in the United States. They're, you're, they're that gonna, has nothing to do with yeah. anything. Ethan. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> There's no relation. Yeah, but here's what I think. I think you see the same kind of social processes that create mass killers in the U.S. They create things like jihadists in France or in the Middle East, where you have people that are not oh, on this. Yeah. Like it's the 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 milieu is different. 
so you have the people that are like capable of violence, but it's being channeled into different forms of violence. That's just a half-baked theory, though. Well, this has been the most uplifting episode of The Daily Standard ever, and Charlie will never allow me to guest host for him <laughs> again. So, uh, with that, we will sign off and say goodbye, and we will talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>